Coming up on this week's episode of Don't Panic, we talk about the increase in the price of Prime, the decrease in the price of Drive. We talk about Amazon's set-top box, Apple's health app, and Google Play games on all your devices. All that and more this week's Don't Panic. Stay tuned. This is Don't Panic, episode number 38, recorded March 17th, 2014, on Prime Pricing, Gaming Everywhere, and a Less Than Legal Pick. Hello and welcome to another edition of Don't Panic, this time coming to you live from Spring Break 2014. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, although it would, be a, it would be a lot more exciting. I guess St. Patrick's Day, I don't know, whatever you're celebrating. Uh, we're celebrating all that tech has to... See, Dan's drinking nice beer, I've got Coors Light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys have beer? Why do I always have tea and everyone else is drinking Because alcohol? the whole night is ahead of you, Colby. Yeah, it's still early on the West Coast. I guess that's true. I don't know. I thought I was a party guy, but apparently not. I'm not in college anymore. No, someone someone on the panel has to be a sane. That's be, be conscious for the show. Uh, I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau, the two guys who make uh, technology work. Uh, thank you for joining us. We do the show every Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and uh, all of the links and the information episodes, Facebook, iTunes, RSS, on our beautifully designed website, don'tpanic.io, uh, you should absolutely check it out uh, and try to crash it because I want to see these guys sweat a little. So, um, <laughs> with that, uh, I think it tells us automatically if it crashes. Right? That's, it does. Everyone yeah. flood it all at once. Click all the buttons really quickly and uh, <laughs> see if. And then, as, as long as Dan's on mine server uh, or uh, Minecraft, then the entire thing will go down. So. <laughs> Hey, um, that only happened once. That one time. Um, well, uh, since I'm out of town, I don't have the big graphics machine, uh, so we're just going to have to improvise. Um, and with that, uh, we're going to move on to our uh, top story. Top story. Top story. Hey, look at that. Value has really gone up this week. That's you can tell. We can try for quality. That's our live band, Dan. Can you hear them? Wow, how much of that sets you back? This is the same equipment Fox News uses right here. $50,000 worth of uh, <laughs> yeah, graphics. Yeah, the giant 60-inch Microsoft tablet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm really I'm really a CGI. James Cameron's doing it. Uh, no. Uh, let's move on to our top story, and that would, of course, be the fine folks over at Amazon, uh, we've talked previously, or at least I have on the show, about how big of a fan we are of Amazon Prime, uh, their service that includes uh, free two-day shipping on many of their items, uh, discounted one-day shipping, and uh, streaming included through their Amazon Instant Service, as well as a few other perks, including their lending library. Well, uh, it's been uh, $79 since it launched in 2005. Uh, which is quite some time ago. Uh, well, Amazon announced this week that they are raising the price to $99 a year in the United States. Uh, the service remains exactly the same. Uh, it's just that it's $20 more per year. The price change goes into effect on April 17th, uh, although if you renew before then, you'll be able to pay the less expensive price for your uh, for the upcoming year. Amazon sightings primes uh, increasingly substantial offerings is the reason for the jump, uh, considering the fact that you get uh, the instant video and the other features, in addition to the rising costs in uh, shipping products, and that they're shipping more than ever um, using Prime. Uh, Amazon students' rate will also rise, though only by $10 from $39 to $49 a year. Um, and... Yeah, that's uh, that's the story. What do you guys? Uh, what so do you guys? I thought this was totally not a big deal at all, and then the internet was upset, and I didn't understand. Does any uh, does anyone does any one of us think it's a big deal? I mean, I'm I'm certainly not going to stop stop paying for Prime over twenty dollars a year. Also, it, it's a year, not like a month. I don't know. Like, yeah, and I have I to. Guess. I'm assuming they still do it, but they do the thing where you can share the account. Yeah. Yeah. As well, uh, where you don't share the streaming and the books and things like that, but the two-day shipping you can actually share with um, 
several other people. At the same address, right? Um, yeah, at the same address, but like, how do they know? They don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't even know. I mean, I ship stuff to all kinds of addresses, so. I, I do. I ship things to like eight different addresses. I mean, I do too. You're right. Good point. I heard people that were like, or maybe that was the the uh, Marco Arment thing, but like the people who don't use the Amazon Prime. I guess the Amazon Instant Video is different from the Amazon Prime Streaming. They mm. are correct. I don't use the Amazon Prime Streaming all that often because I would just use Netflix because I'm used to it more. But I use the Amazon Instant Video all the time. Like, when Mad Men comes out, I'm going to do the subscribe thing to that so I get like the new episode in my inbox every Sunday or whatever it is. It's awesome. Uh, but it doesn't really come from so I guess I see the point. Right, yeah. I think that was that was mostly Marco Marco Armand's point, was that, like, <laughs> he, he's paying... The price has to go up for him to get something that he doesn't use ever, um, which, that's fair. That's kind of annoying. Um, that being said, I don't think, at least for me, like, not to the point now where, where it's... A hundred dollars isn't worth the shipping. The shipping that I save over the year, because yep, I mean I pretty much order everything from Amazon. Yeah, and it and it makes you know there are two sides to this coin. Should they have an Amazon Prime that's maybe a little less, but only the shipping? But I think the reason they don't do that is because by almost forcing everyone into getting the uh, Prime Instant is that they can go to these movie and television companies and better negotiate because they'll have more customers, is really what it is. And even if those customers never use it, they can still say, we have so many million paying subscribers. Um, That, you know, I use Amazon Prime to purchase content a lot, and I use Instant occasionally. It's getting better as time goes on as far as content. but again, I think if you're the kind of person who buys a lot from Amazon, regardless of what perks, the two-day shipping in itself will, will you know, will pay for it, uh, especially if you split it with other people, which you can do. Uh, so the, I'm in no way surprised. I know that Amazon has just, they lose, I wish I had looked this up before the show, but they lose hundreds of millions of dollars every year on shipping. Yeah. And most of that comes from Prime. I mean, they lose money on you. Really, the reason that they do Prime is to get you to buy more overall, and they hope in the volume they'll make the money back, and they do. Um, so I'm not surprised they raise the price. It's very expensive to do that. The real problem is that there's so many items included, like uh, Marco tar- talked about, which I do agree, is that they're slowly limiting the number of items. Not everything is now the discounted one-day shipping, or the ad- there are a lot more of those add-on items which are only so, a couple bucks, but they won't ship unless you buy a big order. So, so that's something I don't, I don't really understand. What, what are the add-on items? So add-on items, they're designated. They're usually, I've found, about six bucks or less, and it's usually small items that Amazon doesn't want to just send you in two days because of the size. It's not economical. So they say, well, it's an add-on item. We'll ship it for free in two days, prime or no prime but you have to spend a certain amount first. I think it's $25 in the U.S. Um, and then buy as many add-on items as you want, and we'll ship them all to you for free right away. Uh, but you can't just buy that one $2 item, is what they're saying. I see. Weird. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's understandable, but it's just more limitations on the service. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm in no way surprised that they're, they're, they have to now like, try and actually make money off Prime. I feel like... Didn't they... Wasn't it always a moneymaker, though? And so, I don't... I still haven't read that book about Amazon. It's on my list. But wasn't it, like, Prime itself lost money? But the fact is that once you, like, psychologically told yourself, well, I'm paying for Prime, I have to buy that on Amazon. Even if it's slightly more expensive, you get the two-day shipping for free, and... Yeah, you're gonna just buy more stuff on Amazon. So they, I thought they were winning out in the end. That's the plan, and I believe they have been for the last couple of years. But shipping costs have gone up. They blame gasoline prices, and you know, instant isn't cheap for them to make all these deals either. So, uh, I, you know, you have to realize this price has stayed the same since 2005. I mean, think of how many more 
subscribers they, was they have. Instituted? What was that? Was that when Prime was created, 2005? Yeah, yeah, Prime was launched in the U.S. in 2005, and the price was $79 a year then. So think of all the extra value you're getting. So the, the fact that it went up only $20 in nearly 10 years, I mean, when you think of it that way, I, I absolutely think it's a it's a absolutely justified. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. It does seem reasonable when you say it that way. I guess <laughs> wow. I, it seems Sean, you're so reasonable. Well, it's... You know, our top story really wasn't much of a story at all. But it is interesting to know, and and I would say if you buy one or two things from Amazon a year, don't buy Prime. It's not for you. But when I go to buy something, the very first place, and often the only place I check, is Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because they like, have everything. And sometimes, if I can get it with Prime shipping, I'm going to get it on Amazon. Sometimes yeah. I'll even wait for something to show up on it, not only on Amazon, but with Prime shipping that I could have easily bought somewhere else. And by the yeah, time get, that it shows up, it would have already arrived. Yeah, the other day I was I was buying a new clothes hamper, and I looked all over, and there was one specific one I wanted to buy. Bed Bath & Beyond had it, and they wanted to charge me, like, $10 to ship this $5 plastic weighs nothing hamper. I was like, that's out, you know. So mm-hmm. Amazon's smart to do this. Uh, certainly. Well, while we're talking about uh, Amazon, because that was a little brief, uh, why don't we do a little more Amazon news as part of our top story? And this does fold into Prime uh, because there's been rumors like crazy coming out of Amazon. They've talked about uh, Amazon potentially doing a music streaming service a la Google Play Music or Spotify, which could be included with Prime. They've purchased uh, game development companies. That could be included with Prime. And now we're starting to see leaks about the long-rumored Amazon set-top box for your living room. Uh, We have a picture here, and I will put it up on the screen, of a leaked shot of what the at least prototype controller is looking like. Um, Why aren't you sharing the right screen? Well, Xbox controller. Yeah, so there you go. You see a picture of that. Yes, it looks, Colby is right, it looks exactly like the uh, an Xbox controller, including the offset uh, toggles, uh, your ABXY button, your trigger buttons. The big differences you'll notice are the play, back, and forward buttons, the back, home, and menu buttons that are suspiciously similar to Android. Yeah. And then the uh, button in the middle, which I have to look up exactly what this is called... Um, it's not in this article, but that button you see in the the fourth button there in the middle is has the logo on it of apparently Amazon has a game streaming type service that they own now as part as as part of web services and their whole cloud infrastructure. Um, a button beneath that is Game Circle, which is Amazon services for cloud saves, leaderboard, and achievements. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Whoa. So um, we don't yeah, know much. So- Amazon yeah. AppStream is a, a thing anyone can use to stream any application to anyone else. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Amazon really is the perfect company to do cloud stuff. I mean, they own the cloud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this is an AWS service you can use to, like, stream a game to someone. Mm-hmm. What do you you mean like stream a game as in they could play it? Right, like the uh, that thing you had on live. That's yeah. still a th- right. I've, you do you still have it? I just meant you had it. I don't know if you still do. I know oh, it still yeah. exists. I mean, I mean, I I I do still have it. I think it the console thing might actually be at my parents' house, but like my internet here isn't good enough to do it, unfortunately. Well, like, in the- the problem online had on live had as a business was that servers are really expensive, especially high end ones you need for gaming. Where Amazon is perfectly primed to <laughs> to do that. I mean, they own all the servers, so I mean, talk about a yeah. no brainer. So uh, this set top box, we don't know a ton about it. It's rumored to be running Android. That's why it's assumed it has Android style buttons on it, uh, and it would of course include all of Amazon's media services. Uh, including uh, movies, TV, I guess hypothetically books if you wanted to read books on your TV. Um, I don't know. Uh, Games and potentially that music streaming service I mentioned. Um, It says, rumors suggest an official announcement is imminent. 
um, and would probably see it on sale in time for Christmas this year. Cool. Are you guys excited for Amazon set top box? No. Um, okay. No, that, that was easy. <laughs> I don't know. Like the, it sort of feels silly. Maybe not. But it, you know, it's kind of like I feel like this is what Marco Arment was talking about in his Arment article, like his blog post. Like all all the big tech companies are trying to do everything. Like they're all in all each everyone's shit. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's good. It's like you have a bunch of like platform exclusive, like this ecosystem exclusive things that like don't talk to each other, and like more of them is, I don't know. That feels even worse, to be honest. Like I already can't play Xbox games with my PlayStation friends. Do I really not want to be able to play Xbox or PlayStation games or? or Amazon games with either of them either, you know? <laughs> Sad times. Well, it, it, hey, it's all about choosing what silo you live in. You have to choose one. There's no sharing. Are you an Apple guy? I, then you're an Apple guy. Some people are Amazon people. They have a Kindle Fire. They buy their books through Kindle, and they buy their shows through Amazon Instant, and they have Prime, and you know what? They're going to buy this box, and they're going to love it. That's just how I it is. Wanna, I want to have everything, Sean. I... I'm so it's sorry. Internet. We're supposed to have everything. Everything. <laughs> I don't oh, So goodness. I'm like, I want a Roku that's better than Roku, more like an Apple TV and less like a Roku, or more like a Chromebox in terms of design. And like, because Roku's great, but it's, it's really kludgy, and it works, but it's like, eh, okay, you know? So mm-hmm. if... Amazon could make a better Roku, I would buy it, but if it was just a, here is Amazon stuff and some games, then I don't think, I would hope no one would buy that. Well, I think I think Amazon is one of the few companies who can make it work. I mean, no one thought the Amazon App Store was ever going to mount to anything, and they've been pretty successful with that, so if there's any company that could do it, it'd probably be Amazon. Yep, you're right. They've got the partnerships and the equipment and the knowledge, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I think I think price and features are going to be the big, you know, what what services you know does it have Netflix? Does it have Hulu? And then how much does it cost? You know, hell, they could throw one in free with every Prime subscription because <laughs> they make that money back. They sell the Kindle Fire at break-even prices because they make all the money back on the books and movies. So. <laughs> That vertical integration right there. <laughs> it's good to own everything. Uh, all right, well, uh, now that we've talked about Amazon, let's talk some more about Amazon with this week's Trivia Challenge. Okay. This is fun. I'm gonna, maybe I'll just do this every week. Um... <laughs> So this week's trivia challenge is based on our top story, and it is the Amazon Corporation, Amazon.com. Uh, I pulled out three multiple-choice questions about uh, Amazon, and we're going to see how well you two can answer them. Are you guys up for the challenge? Yeah. No. Ready. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're each going to get a chance to pick from one of four options. Colby, you're going to pick first on this first question, and it goes as such. Uh, Amazon owns which website focusing on baby products? Is it toddler.com, diapers.com, baby.com, or crib.com? Oh, baby.com. Dan, what do you say? Toddler, baby, crib, and diapers? Yep. I'm going to go with toddler.com. We have toddler and baby, and you are both wrong. The answer is diapers.com. I made the other ones up. They own diapers.com. They purchased that back in, I think, 0405. Do they? Wow. Is there something on that? Like, I don't yep. know how to spell diapers, but like, what happens if you go to diapers.com? If you <laughs> if redirect to Amazon? No, it's a it's a separate site. They just own it, and you can you know they have the buy through Amazon where you use their payments that too. But no, it just sells. Um, Amazon owns a bunch of. They own Woo and they own uh, Vine.com uh, for green products. They own a series of these websites. 
Well, they own Woot? Yeah, they bought them a couple years ago. Not a single mention of Amazon on the diapers.com No. No, they don't make... They let it run as a... Same with um, Zappos. They own Zappos, and they don't make a big deal. They let. In fact, it says... Diapers.com is operated by Quidzy Solutions, LLC. That was the company Amazon bought, and that company owns all these smaller sites. Uh, okay, okay. Yep. Um, for your second question, um, on Amazon's Kindle devices, they deliver digital goods via a WhisperNet wireless network, which, which piggybacks on which wireless provider. Is it Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, or T-Mobile, which service does WhisperNet run on? Dan, you have to choose first. T-Mobile. Okay. Colby? Sprint. The answer is Sprint. It uses Sprint's EVDO network to deliver via WhisperNet. Very good. Colby's up. one nothing. Um, and your final question. Which of these companies was founded by a former Amazon employee? Is it LinkedIn, Hulu, PayPal, or Dropbox? Colby, you go first. Hulu. Hulu. Dan? All right. Uh, LinkedIn, Hulu, what in Dropbox? PayPal. PayPal and Dropbox. Uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I know, Dropbox. I know it's not right. I'm pretty sure Colby's right. Well, you can choose the same one as Colby. Oh, that's okay. okay. I'm also going to go with that one. That's, that's fine, Dan, because you're <laughs> okay, both I, right. The answer okay, is okay. Hulu. It was a former Amazon senior vice president who founded Hulu. So Colby wins today 2-1. to one. Also, um, on a related note, I, I watched, I've been watching like the last most recent episodes of Parks and Rec on Hulu the last couple weeks. Um and they have really stepped up the commercials since I last watched. When like the last time I watched Hulu, it was like you'd have one commercial, one thirty-second commercial for like a nonprofit before your video, and then you'd watch the whole thing. Now you get like six, six segments of six commercials. <laughs> the last like, I remember it last when like, and I watched Firefly on Hulu because this was before Firefly was on Netflix. So it would start with a commercial, and then there'd be a commercial in the middle, and then there'd be a commercial at the end. And that was the last I left Hulu. Yeah, it's really, it's really, there are almost as many as on actual regular broadcast television. Yeah. Well, I guess that's great for them. If, if that's what it takes, I'll take it. If, well, I don't, well. If I get my, if I get Mad Men released the minute it comes out, I will watch it with that. It doesn't bother me too much on the free one, but on this on Hulu Plus, I feel like there should at least be a decreased number of ads. Yeah. But yeah. maybe I'm just greedy. I always forget about that. God, Sean, you're so 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 selfish. There you go. Selfish. There you go. You can. Um, let's move on to our next segment where we talk about what's in other news. Do, 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 do more news. Ba, 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 news. Okay. Um, let's talk, uh, as we talk about Amazon raising their prices, let's talk about Google slashing theirs. Google Drive storage pricing is now at bargain basement prices. Um, users already get 15 gigabytes for free, but now you can get 100 gigabytes for a buck 99, uh, which is uh, a $3 discount. You can also get the one terabyte tier, which used to be $50 a month, for $10 a month, a whole terabyte on Google Drive. <laughs> Any wow. storage you buy for Google Drive also applies to your other Google services, including Gmail and Google Plus Photos. Um, it's important to note that um, Dropbox currently offers 100 gigabytes for $10 a month, which is an $8 premium, while 500 gigabytes is priced at $50. Um, and other services are right around there, making Google by far uh, one of the cheapest sync storage solutions you can get. Um, so now, what's the cool on how quickly those other services will match their prices? Um, I'm going to say not very quickly, and here's why. Because mm -hmm. I thought about this. I pay Dropbox every month for extra storage because I back up all my stuff there. Mm -hmm. And I would love to switch to Google Drive because these prices are outrageous. Um, 
The problem is Google Sync doesn't work as well as a Dropbox does. If you want to automatically sync your photos and videos off your phone, you have to do it through the Google Plus app and not the Google Drive app, which makes no sense. If mm-hmm. you when uh, Google gets really uncomfortable when you upload Word and Excel files automatically because it sometimes will convert them to Google Doc and sometimes won't, regardless of your settings. Um, it's to me, it's it's a good te- you know somewhat storage. It's not a good backup solution, at least not for me yet. The the apps aren't there. The software isn't there, but maybe that's just my opinion. I mean, I, I, the price is great, and I'm going to try it, but, I mean, Dropbox is just really well put together for, you know, for what it is. Yeah. I think I think Dropbox is also, like, that's exactly what it is, and they're not, like... I mean, Google is... If you upload... I, I use the Google Plus Photo Sync because it was just convenient because it just does it, um, like, on my phone, and... You know, they try and get you to post them to Google+. Plus. It's like, it's really pushing you to use other things, whereas Dropbox is like, it's just Dropbox. You know, it's a place where you keep your files, which I, I really respect and like. Yeah, the thing about Dropbox is you don't have to think about it, which is why it it's great and why I like it. Google Drive, you have to, like, work really hard to sync all your stuff through it. And over time, I think it'll get better. I mean, if you think about it, Drive hasn't been around all that long. Um, but I think lowering the price is a good start, and I do hope it gets these other services to lower theirs. But we can only hope. Yeah, that that is an impressive amount of space for. That's crazy. I mean, compared, I mean to, compared to, like that's that's 10x what you're getting with Dropbox for the same price a month. It's it's absolutely crazy. I feel I feel dumb for paying Dropbox when I'm paying them now when I hear that because it's, um, yeah, it's crazy cheap. Well, a one terabyte hard drive <clears throat> is about sixty bucks, so they only have to keep you, and they probably get it cheaper. They only have to keep you around for about half a year to break even on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, let's. I'm gonna try and transition between all our stories. Let's stay with Google. Uh, and move on to gaming. Last week we talked about how Microsoft wanted to uh, bring Xbox Live to all your devices through leaderboards, achievements, and your friends list. Well, unsurprisingly, Google announced they're going to do the same damn thing. Uh, Google, uh, this week at the Game Developers Conference, uh, announced that Google Play Game Services, which is the back end that powers online feature for Android games that use it, um, will be available for iOS. That includes uh, turn-based and real-time multiplayer capabilities, uh, achievements, and leaderboards. Um, now, currently, it's... N- I'm trying to understand this. Um, Play Games currently supports iOS through a plugin for the Unity game engine, uh, but this is a separate SDK for non-Unity games. Uh, it's an early version, and at launch, it won't support multiplayer gaming, just achievements and leaderboards and things like that. Um, but over time, we'll eventually do that. They're launching with partner um, Asphalt 8, and you will be able to do all the real-time multiplayer between um, iOS and Android. Um, and over time, they um, they hope it will cover all those things. Most features will become available on Tuesday, March 18th, uh, the same day it's holding a developer, con- a developer day at the conference to talk uh, to developers about uh, using their information, their their product, their code, whatever you call it. Thank you. That's 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 awesome. That's exactly what I want everything to be like. This is what yeah. we were just talking about. I'm so well. Excited. Just, computer games gonna... already have this. I'm just saying. That's true. Dan has a fair point. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Windows, Mac, Linux. It's called the also, also, to be fair. The vast majority of the games I play are on the computer, probably for that reason. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. And it'll it's any industry where you have all these big companies fighting Apple with Game Center, Microsoft with Xbox Live, and now Google with uh, Play Games. It's someone's going to lose, and that kind of sucks. That's true. It's. I guess we just have to hope that the ones we picked don't lose. 
That's why we're here. <laughs> we're going to tell you which to pick, people. Don't panic. We're going to give you the answers. <laughs> That's the name of the show. Submit to our will. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's actually good. I'm going to go off the rails here for a second. Um, <laughs> if someone was coming up to you and they owned no technology, they didn't have a phone, they didn't have a computer, they had no services, they were they were completely brand new, uh, what, uh, what would you recommend to them? Because you really would have to recommend an entire ecosystem for them at this point. Um, who would you point them to? Out of curiosity. <laughs> now, so... Hmm. I I have, I have no idea. Cause it it's tough. Cause you could really point them to any combination to Apple, Google, Microsoft, or Amazon. Really, to cover most of their services. Yeah. Outside of Amazon, and not what having. What are you a gonna phone. do with Microsoft though? Um, you can do like Microsoft Music and Microsoft yep. Video. Yep. There is. Yeah, Xbox Live Music and Xbox Live. Uh, video. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, they have all that stuff. Really, the only one I can think of that doesn't have something is Amazon doesn't have a phone currently. That runs uh, their Fire OS, but outside of that, I think everyone has everything. Yeah. So, so I think that rules Amazon out, though, then, right? Because if you can't get a phone with it, their phone's your primary computing device if you are not highly technical. That's fair. Yeah. I would probably I would probably point someone to Google right now. Android phone, Android tablet, Chromecast, uh, and eventually whenever they release their Nexus TV, that. Uh, Google services, <laughs> Gmail, Drive. Uh, oh, they released that. It was called Google TV. Google TV. Well, Dan, you know, uh, not everything Google releases works, and uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe next time they'll do a little better. I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, remember the Nexus Q, the little yeah. sphere? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably what I would do, but... Yeah, it's hard. I guess it also probably depends on the person, like... I think, well, I think the biggest problem for me is Apple's cloud stuff isn't very good. That's true, Apple's cloud stuff. But does a, does a person who doesn't know much about anything care about the cloud? Well, I think they do... Even if you're a grandmother with an iPhone, you have photos and videos. Yeah. I mean, and and I would I would make the argument that iCloud photo and video syncing is horrific. But um, here's the be- problem. Here's the catch. People in that position don't ever sync anything at all ever. Well, but we should understand. We should. Inc- that's why we're here. We're going to encourage them to. Well, that's the idea. Well, I'm saying even if they had Google, the fact that it's being synced wouldn't matter to them. Like. They don't have a computer or any other device they're going to access it with. Well, they'd have their Chromebook. They're going to email them to people. I think the so I think I think the real if if this if this was someone who is like you know like your grandmother who is like obviously not going to sync something themselves. It has to be. It should be like because realistically they probably want it to be synced. They just don't know or care enough to do that. But like. I think it should be the least friction way to do it. Like, they it should be set up once and work forever after that. Well, that would probably be <clears throat> Apple then, <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a- Apple's products only suck when something goes wrong, and that doesn't happen <laughs> often. That's true. Well, or you try and, as... like, switch to another product. Or, or... you did try to do something different, you know? Like iCloud works great in that use case you described where you just want it synced. You maybe want to retrieve it, but that's pretty much all you ever want to do. In that case, iCloud is great. You And, like, the, so that editing stuff is beta, so that's not awesome, but anything more complicated than that, I w- couldn't even tell you how to do it because it doesn't expose any of that. It's just, like, iCloud switch on or switch off. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. fair enough. I think I've taken us off the rails far enough. I guess we can't get back to news. Well, Sean, which would... Oh, did you say Google? I mean, for someone of our caliber, I'd recommend Google, and for anyone who I would be comfortable leaving a piece of technology with, I'd say Google, because I just think they have the better overall, complete, well, 
working integrated ecosystem, I guess is my argument. From mm -hmm. laptops and tablets to phones to Drive and Gmail and and all the Chromecast and all across the board, I just think they're more cohesive as an ecosystem, I guess is my argument. I guess that's fair. I think, so, I think for, for a savvy individual, if they just wanted a phone, I would say Google. If they wanted a phone and a tablet, which seems unlikely, um, I don't know what I would do in that case because I think while I, 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 I have become a fan of Android of late, um, I still think the iPad is, is the best tablet you can get, so it's hard, hard to say. And then computers, who, who the fuck knows? <laughs> computers? Who uses those anymore? I do. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We forgot an important contender. Firefox, Mozilla. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Linux, and I was going to just <laughs> sigh so loudly. But, but not if you're in America. <laughs> True. Yeah. You could, could always go with open source. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Nerds. Um, yeah, okay. Did uh, you see that story today about, speaking of open source and Apple, about this person who bought a MacBook Air and then tried to open a keynote presentation from 2008 only to find out that he or she could not open this keynote presentation because the version of keynote that comes on the laptop is greater than the one that could open this proprietary keynote file and he had no way of like he had the old one on a CD but he couldn't put the CD in the MacBook Air thing anymore and you can't like convert it or anything so there's an argument to be made for open source software that kind of stuff that kind of shenanigans does not happen that's true that's Fair true enough your point so, uh, it was uh, announced on Monday, uh, Twitch, the uh, Twitch.tv, the streaming game site. <laughs> of Twitch Plays Pokemon fame. Of Twitch, yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> at the same Game Developers Conference announced that they will be have built-in support for video streaming on mobile. That's right, previously you could stream games from uh, your computer, but now you can do it from your mobile device. Uh, I spoke incorrectly earlier with the Google Play game story. Asphalt 8 wasn't integrated with Google Play. I mixed my stories up. It's integrated with Twitch. You'll be able to stream on iOS you playing Asphalt 8, um, and that will go uh, to twitch.tv, and you can even stream including your voice and image using your mobile device's microphone and front-facing camera. Um, it's going to be an SDK, so... People have to integrate it into their games, but that will be available for them to do. Uh, there's no word exactly when the update to allow this will be hitting the App Store uh, or whether it will be brought to Android, BlackBerry, or Windows Phone. Uh, that has not been announced. So it's an early announcement, but good news if you were looking for a way to stream your game uh, on mobile via Twitch, you will be able to do it. That's Sweet. interesting. I can't imagine it's going to work. Um, <laughs> because, well, it's... I'm trying to think of when I'm in a situation where my phone has... Because the point of a phone is it's mobile, it's on the go, but really there's only a few places where I can sit and, like, where I have enough bandwidth to to stream yeah. a game and my camera and my microphone all to the web. Right. Forge me can't do that? Uh, um, I'd like to see some demos, is all I'm saying. I'm <laughs> skeptical. I mean, it, I feel like it'll vary greatly. Even like 4G is like a lot of ban it's it's a lot of bandwidth, but it's still high latency. Yeah. Um, but also, I feel even even if you're like at home on Wi-Fi or something, I still feel like you holding the device can still affect the uh, like your your Wi-Fi signal and stuff. Even so, I don't know. It's ambitious. Certainly ambitious, to say the least. It'll be interesting to see if developers uh, pick up on it and uh, integrate it into their games. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. We've got one more story we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to skip Xbox Live crashing with Titanfall, unless either of you have played it. Have either of you played Titanfall? No. I, I was at the mall with my roommate the other day, and we tried. We went to the Microsoft store. Well, we walked by the Microsoft store, and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> the Microsoft store. Um, <laughs> But then, but then we were like, there was the Xboxes out front, and we were like, 
we could play Titanfall. So we run up to the Xbox and start going through, and we find Titanfall in their list of games, and we click it, and this thing comes up, and one of the employees comes over, and they're like, we're sorry, we can't, we can't let you, like, you, you aren't allowed to play any first-person shooters on, like, on the store, on the floor. <laughs> and I, I was, we were crushed. And very sad, and I don't think I'll ever go back to the Microsoft store. Poor Colby. What, what delicious San Francisco eatery did you drown your sorrows in? Um, <laughs> where did we eat? <laughs> I don't remember. You don't it have was... to answer the question. But <laughs> that's what I would have done in your shoes. That's fair. So, I mean, if you want to hear the rest of this story, that was also on Saturday, which we did not realize was the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Mm. Um, so we we had tried, we were, we were like, oh, let's go to the mall. So we get on the bus to go to the mall, and we're like halfway there, and traffic just stopped moving. <laughs> uh, and we're like, what, what is going on? I don't know. Um, so we, we eventually, it was really, it was also very warm this weekend. It was like, like 80, 80 degrees warm. Yeah, that um, sounds great. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> Yes, but we got off the bus, walked the rest of the way to the mall, saw the parade, went to the mall, went about our business, and then instead of trying to take the bus back, <laughs> Sean's being rude, um... <laughs> We we walked all the way back to our apartment. So nice. Um, yeah. So I don't. Uh, to be honest, sweltering we, eighty degree heat. Yeah, we drown our sorrows in exercise. <laughs> in sweat. Yes. Just like any good uh, San Franciscan does. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I'm not really familiar with the area. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, then let's move on to our last story, which is uh, the Apple Corporation. Uh, we've we've hit all the big ones today, so why not uh, round it out with a nice Apple? Um, it, it was uh, a a rumor was put out today about Apple's health book. We've talked about this before that one of Apple's big features coming up in iOS eight uh, is going to be your health. Well, um, this image, which I want to point out, and this really bugs the hell out of me, this is not a screenshot. This is a recreation someone did of what the rumors say it will oh, look like. Really? I know. It says that in very fine print in the article, and it bugs the hell out of me. So you I, know. I totally bought that as a screenshot, too, because it, it looks like what it would be. Yeah, they say <laughs> it's detailed screenshot recreations. So there you go. Um, but at least it does give you a loose idea that uh, it will be similar to Passbook, which we all use every day of our lives, um, and it will uh, be able to analyze everything from activity and heart rate to blood oxygen levels, though it's still unclear what devices or applications will be used to get this data. So currently, uh, through the M7 processor that's in the new phones, they are tracking things like motion and movement. Um You'll also be able to enter things like your weight, height, food intake, activity, sleep habits. Um, but it's also said it will analyze blood work, which like blood pressure and blood sugar. People aren't sure uh, exactly. The assumption is that it will either rely on third-party, you know, things you plug in or Bluetooth to your phone, or even potentially an iWatch. Or really, people are just speculating, and no one knows. Um, it would be really cool if Apple could figure out how to get even some of this data without having to have a wearable. Well, I mean, you can physically enter in a lot of this stuff. Like the caffeine app I, I talked about last week, it's just you manually entering in the data. Um, so, yeah. I just, I'm curious as to how much of this stuff they can automatically get off of sensors is really the question. You know, hydration, for example. Is there some way to test skin response through an eye watch to tell you? You know, I mean, we can speculate like crazy people, but um, yeah. it would be interesting to see. At the end of the day, we're probably just that crazy. <laughs> well, and certainly health has proved to be an enormous, you know, tech market uh, in the last year or so. Um, whether it's Is it wearables. Though, like, so I live in New York, and I heard someone talking about their Fitbit that wasn't someone I work with for the first time on the street, which was profoundly bizarre. Uh, but this is also New York, so 
profoundly what? bizarre in New York is like ungodly rare in most other places. How big <laughs> are wearables? Or is this just like some navel gazing thing the tech folk have caught on to? I don't I don't think they're useful enough or and or accessible enough for real people to be into them. But I do think Apple doing it could knock it in that direction. It's sort of it's it's in the early adopter phase now. It's like smartphones used to be. Real tech forward people and People with a lot of money had Blackberries and Windows mobile phones, and they thought they were cool, and then Apple came along, introduced the iPhone, and now we all have smartphones in a few years. I think that's where health products and wearables are these days. It's still figuring it out, early adopters, and then it's going to just take a little while for these to become more mainstream. But, you know, I've had people who are... The people who ask me for tech help, who are far from tech savvy, ask me about, oh, Sean, what do you know about the the Fitbit, and what do you you know what do you know about these things? So, mm. you know, it's getting there. I, I do think the trend is going up, and I I do think there is an interest. Um, it's just a matter of what company can monetize that. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, so HealthBook uh, is rumored to come along with IOSA at this year's uh, WWDC conference, uh, where we will have full coverage of here in June on Don't Panic, assuming we're still online at that point. Um, unless you guys have any other thoughts on our stories, uh, we will move on to our picks of the week. One word. Picks. Okay. Um, I'm going to jump in and go first because uh, we're going to need time for the uh, FBI to come and arrest me after I make this week's pick. Because um, <laughs> my pick may or may not be legal. Um, I'm recommending Popcorn Time. Have you guys heard about this? This made a lot of news this week. I did, but I missed it. Uh, really? Well, good news, Dan. It's back. Whoa! Yes, so... Uh, Popcorn Time was a really clever idea where someone said, you know, there are all these movie torrents out there, and we have the technology to stream torrents rather than fully download them. So what if we just made a repository with connecting like an IMDb-type database with all of the torrent links for all of these popular movies? And then they did. So it's an open-source software called Popcorn Time, um, and it's for browsing, downloading, and watching movies. Um, they have a massive selection, and just like a Netflix, you just click play, it buffers for 30 seconds, and it starts playing while it downloads in the background. Um, the best features being its interface and the media library. Obviously, you can torrent using a number of services. This just makes it really easy. Uh, and with that comes the threatening of lawsuits. So the original folks behind it shut down, but the good news is it's open source, uh, and it's been picked up by another torrent group, uh, and it's currently live. And... Um, I am going to give you all a demonstration. Whoa! Yeah, so I'm really, I'm really putting my my life on the line. But they're welcome to sue me. I don't have any money, so <laughs> you won't you won't win. Um, let's see if I can get it up and running. Uh, it's downloadable. Uh, runs on your local machine, Windows, Mac, and Linux, of course. Uh, it's open source software, so it's got to run on Linux. There we go. Um, come on, popcorn time, open. And because it was open source, when the developer took it down, everyone was screwed. Just that saying. is exactly, exactly right. Uh, let me share my screen here. No. No. <laughs> you won't be accomplices. Um, you may not. So here we go. This is kind of what it looks like. It's very simple. doesn't even have an options. Uh, it's just a list of movies. Uh, and you see these are brand new movies that have just come out on DVD. Um including top hits. Uh, they have all these categories, and you can also search uh, through their massive database. It's only movies at this point, no television. Um, and the way it works is you click on a movie, so we will go with uh, Thor, The Dark World. Again, it pulls all of this from uh, a central database. I don't remember which, but it gives you the R and the description. You can do 720p or 1080p, uh, and then you hit Watch It Now, and... Um, I just wanted to show you, uh, although I shouldn't do it while we're streaming the show. That's not a good indication of the internet speed. But I found that um, really almost as fast as Netflix, it starts playing. Um, and then while it plays in the background, um, 
it is downloading. So uh, even if the quality, you know, like Netflix will start off a little grainy and get better as you go on. Um, but I won't actually play it. But you get the idea. Uh, you saw how fast that buffered up. That would have started playing. Um, yeah, and they have a massive database. So uh, in no way do I recommend um, downloading yeah. and using Popcorn Time. It's most definitely <laughs> illegal. But I wanted to pick it because I think it's a neat idea uh, to take all of these torrents that are widely available and putting them in an easy-to-use and fast interface. Um, and it is a fascinating news story to cover because um, it has been ongoing, and it'll be taken down from these guys and put up somewhere else. The code's on GitHub. Um, it's really interesting. So my pick this week is to not download and use uh, Popcorn Time. Uh, just don't Google uh, Popcorn Time, and you will find it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so. Also worth noting that while you're downloading, you're also uploading. Yes, that is. Um, but some some people were were, I guess, hypothesizing that this might have the sort of the opposite effect, or a negative effect in that you you kind of have to prioritize not in a what is the hardest to get, but like what's coming up next in my stream, like what what do I need to buffer so you can watch the movie. Uh, so that was interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, popcorn time. Your non-pick this week uh, from me. So, uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I can go. go. Oh. Or you can go. I don't care. I'm all gonna right. pick Colby because he spoke first. So, sorry. Don't take it personally, Dan. That's all right. Uh, Colby, how about some uh, cloud magic? Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> again. I've been picking things with really strange names. Um. But once you get past that, uh, sim similar to Dan's Dan's uh, recent search for an OS X email client, I I have been on sort of a less publicized and less fruitful search for an Android email client, because <laughs> um, they're all pretty bad. Um, you don't like the distinct Office 97 feel of canine mail? I don't know if that's still around. But. I downloaded. No, that is, that is one of the... If you Google, like, best e Android email clients, that's, like, the top one. That's yeah. the, the best one. Yeah, um, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of people that Android are. They're strictly oh utilitarian God. and customizable. Like, it's so depressing. That's design nonsense. Forget that. Yeah, right. So, I, I, it was not going well. For a while, I used the native client, which is just terrible. Um, and so I, I don't have, I don't use Gmail anymore, so I couldn't use the Gmail app. Um, I was kind of sad, like, I used to use Mailbox on, OS, on iOS, which was awesome. Uh, but... Obviously not an option on Android. So I finally like I finally stumbled across one article that had this like cloud magic email client. Oh, and this is the other thing. One of the things I hated about every single email app I tried is it didn't like none of them would would zoom the email out. Like they would always like be zoomed in super far no matter what. Like there, you couldn't change it. And it wouldn't zoom it out, and like you could do it with your fingers, but like I don't want to do that. I just want to go in, 
get a like see the email and delete it because it's trash because that's what like all the email I get is trash um, so I couldn't and finally I found I found this one and I tried it and it, it the emails were zoomed out and I was like well this is the one I'm using I don't care that it's bad and like sometimes the zooming would be all weird and like other things weren't great but for the most part it worked it suited my purposes but last week they released a big update and now the the email rendering is like perfect and the zooms never messed up and it's awesome and it like over overnight went to I'm I think being by far the best Android email client at least in my in my research which was semi extensive so if if you need that if you need email on your Android phone try Cloud Magic. So I just looked up K9 Mail and it actually looks a lot better than when I tried it a few years ago. <laughs> then I went through the uh, the release notes and K9 Mail was originally released in October of 2008 for the Android platform. Wow. And I think before that it was a Symbian project. So it's been, <laughs> it's been around the block. That's cool. In October of 2008 I was a High school senior, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We're old. <laughs> um, yeah. Very cool. Uh, Cloud Magic free on Android. Check it out. Uh, all right, Dan, bring in, uh, bring the fun. What yeah. Is, uh, what's going on here? Oh man. Uh, so I was like, so I, you might have heard uh, the listeners of the show that I bought this. PlayStation 4, and there was Call of Duty, and then there was Assassin's Creed 4, which was surprisingly awesome, and then it's been pretty dead. Uh, Tomb Raider is great, and it's free on PS Plus right now, which is an amazing perk of PlayStation Plus, but I haven't played Tomb Raider yet, but I've heard it's supposed to be really good, also somewhat surprisingly. Uh, so... I just looked, this last weekend I was bored, and I looked up, like, what PS4 games have come out that are worth playing? And it turns out this game called Towerfall Ascension. And did anyone here read Ready Player One that I may or may not have recommended? That might have been before the show's time, though. So Ready Player One's this book about uh, arcade games, kind of, in this awesome fictional way. It's really good. Uh, but then I was at Barcade, which is, of course, a bar in Brooklyn that is also an arcade. And they had one of the main games that was featured in uh, Ready Player One, which is this game called Joust, where you're flying, you're like on a phoenix, and you have a jousting pole, and you have to flap around and try to knock the other player off by getting above them, because if they're above you, then you get knocked off when you run into each other. It's Totally, incredibly hard, but a lot of fun. This game is Joust on steroids. It's just like Joust, except you knock people off by jumping on top of them, but you can also shoot people with arrows, but you only get three arrows, and you have to go collect them afterwards. Then you can get these power-ups where you can fly around, but only sometimes, and there's all sorts of different enemies, and the, it's really hard, and the action's insane, like there's just gonna be stuff all over the screen. You're gonna feel really awesome when you like you like wrap around the other side of the map and like shoot one of the things and pin it against the wall and then grab one of your arrows from before and like do all these crazy combos. It is too it is a weird amount of fun. It is twelve dollars on the Steam store and I think the same price on the PlayStation store. And I think it's available for PS3 and PS4 and Windows. No Mac, unfortunately. Uh, I know. But if you're going to do the boot camp thing, which you probably should at some point, this game is great. There's a, a co-op mode and a multiplayer mode, neither of which I have tried yet, but I really can't wait to. It has a 90 out of 100 on Metascore.com. Really good. Tons of fun. I was really pleasantly surprised. So Towerfall Ascension is my pick. Oh, here's gameplay. I don't know how well you can see that, but there's like all sorts of stuff that happens. 
Cool, cool. I always love a fun uh, kind of head-on. Yeah, it's old-school arcade games, which I wasn't, like, alive for, but I've since grown <laughs> to appreciate them. That is very cool. Towerfall Ascension, available, like you said, on Steam and uh, PlayStation. And that's all I've got. That's it. Well, and that's all we've got for tonight's episode. <laughs> um, wonderful. Well, uh, unless you guys have anything else, uh, we will wrap it up. We appreciate everyone who joined us this evening live or on the recorded version. Uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend you subscribe to the show. Uh, our audio feeds are available uh, on iTunes and available uh, through RSS on whatever reader you use. Um, Definitely subscribe. You get the episodes as soon as they're posted, and there's always our website, don'tpanic.io. There you have links to our Facebook, past episodes, audio and video, the whole shebang. Uh, links to all our picks, by the way. If you hear us talk about it and don't feel like Googling it, you can go to our website. We put the uh, links for the picks on each week. Um, and I will also mention, if you have any feedback, please send it to us on Facebook or through our email, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Um, Wonderful. Well, we will be back next Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I can't talk. Uh, with more exciting tech news. Uh, but until then, we will wrap up this week by saying uh, good night.